everyone, and welcome back to the Comics Deserve Better podcast. I am one of your co-hosts and proud dog dad, Brian. As always, I'm joined by the co- by our co-host with the most, Darcy. And proud cat mom, Darcy, yes. yes. <laughs> and also joining us today is our special guest host, uh, Jake. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Proud, uh, proud cat guardian of Oliver. <laughs> nice. All right. How are you guys doing today? Better than last week? Yeah. (laughs) No, totally. I I just ate about a pound of chili cheese fries, so (laughs) we'll see what happens. We'll see how long the recording goes for (laughs) Exactly. All right. Okay, so um, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Um, Before we do begin, um, I'm sure your audience would like to know a little more about you, so if you don't mind, please uh, let us know about yourself, your comic book origins, and bona bona fides. I guess it's what they called. <laughs> I don't know if I have necessarily any bona fides, but I can say that um, I, uh, my name is Jake Fortier. I am a uh, comic book fan, I guess you could say, uh, based out of Louisville, Kentucky. I, uh, I'm a non-binary person, so my pronouns are they, them. Um, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, I've been reading comics since... Um, since uh, 2010, like around the time like Iron Man 2 came out, I was like, oh, I really like that. I want to get into comic books. So that's when I started reading comics, getting started on like a bunch of Marvel stuff. Like um, Annihilation was the first thing that my friend Frank uh, gave me. And that's kind of really what where where I got my start with loving comics. And then it just kind of blew up from there. You know, that was really good time at that time to get in just because, you know, DC was doing the new 52, Marvel was doing Marvel Now. It was like the start of so many amazing uh, image books like uh, Saga and um, and East of West and like so mm-hmm. many other ones that I, I'm just kind of blanking a little bit on right now. But Here with you, I can't think of anything either. Yeah. yeah no, so many no great, great books at the start of the decade. Oh, no, it was like a renaissance time for, for image, definitely. Absolutely. So. Okay, now that we all kind of know each other a little better here, let's get started with the news. Uh, just a quick note on changes to the news section, uh, news on the news, I guess, um, if you will. <laughs> I was editing last week's episode and listening to the news section, and it was really long, and I was just listening to myself talk for a long time, so... If you had listened or are going to listen to that episode, you might agree with me. And just keep in mind, I actually cut like two pieces out of the, the final edit. So it was even longer than what you guys heard. <laughs> um, so also a lot of, you know, we do the good, the looking forwards, we do the quick hits. So we're going to cover books that we like that are sound interesting. So there's really no point to talk about like oh yeah in six months this book is going to come out you know like we'll talk about it in six months once it comes out or it's about to come out um so now like news is going to basically be kind of like award nominations or winners um important news about publishers or creators you know notable sales um donation campaigns or or crowdfunding campaigns you know stuff like that stuff that's more kind of in the moment or you know stuff that's kind of important that you it's not just like hey read this book when it comes out you know so you know new series will be talked about in other places so with that being said onto the news we actually have only one piece of news uh this week and 
that's actually it's kind of it's a sad one um comic book artist steve lytle has passed away um suddenly on january 8th from a cardiac arrest and was that was caused by covid19 uh he worked for both dc and marvel most notably legion of superheroes and doom patrol in the 80s are you guys familiar with his work or yeah i think anybody who's been reading for a while is probably quite familiar but um it's kind of one of those things I was never like a huge huge fan that's I think everybody's familiar with the fact that I don't I'm generally not huge huge fan of individual people but Mm -hmm. still that doesn't mean obviously I don't respect the work and it's horrible and tragic and just awful for his family and obviously my sorrows no absolutely yeah I same like um definitely very familiar but you know i wasn't following everything that they were doing but but unfortunately regardless it's, it sucks and especially with it being COVID 19 and yeah yeah i um i haven't read their doom patrol like their doom patrol art but i did recently start reading um legion of superheroes i remember seeing like they have a bunch of artists at the start of uh Paul Levitt's run and um, just really admiring some of the the work back then that they were doing just just because it looks very unique to the time and like you don't really see art like that nowadays so it is definitely a bummer to when you go back and like oh hey this is some amazing art that somebody did I don't know 40 years ago and now you get to still experience it and a part of them lives on that way there's a weird experience reading older books and like half the time like is this person still cool or are they kind of garbage? So like yeah. someone that is, that is still cool and uh, to lose them in, in like such a tragic way uh, does, does really suck. Absolutely. No, totally. I, I think any kind of news that comes up or any kind of any book that I'm interested in reading, if I don't automatically recognize the person or if I haven't heard about the person in a while, it's usually a quick Google search with like controversy or, you know, comic skate, you know, something on there that might ping something. So no, and yeah, definitely, definitely tragedy. So we're going to move on to our quick hits. Um, Darcy, do you want to go first? Uh, do I want to go first? I guess I'm not getting much of a choice. No, you, uh, so, can, you can go first if you want to. No, no, no. I generally do. So I guess I will. Uh, my quick hit this week is kind of a follow up on a book I've been reading, but then kind of like forgot I was reading because I do that sometimes uh, is Origins number three. Uh, it's obviously the third of Origins, which I talked about like months and months ago and then forgot existed and then uh, I think uh, Brian posted something about it to our Instagram because this Origins number three came out like two weeks ago or something. Yes. And again, I totally forgot it came out because I'm not subscribed, but it popped against my feed and I was like, oh yeah, that book. And so I looked into it again and caught back up and it's still just a really, really, really gorgeous book. Jacob's doing an excellent job on that art. Uh, uh, who's doing the coloring? Uh, Patricio, I think. It's just like the coloring and the art is just still so absolutely fantastic. If you don't remember what this book is about, humanity has, it's another one of those post-apocalyptic books that's so popular right now. (laughs) Dig it because, you know, that's where we're headed. Um, But instead of like the dingy, dreary, awful post-apocalypse, this is beautiful post-apocalypse kind of. Um, And in issue one, it was kind of, there wasn't even much dialogue like the world it's like a thousand years after humanity basically 
and everything's very lush and green and you've got like one android person and they basically like recreated a baby named David from like this last person who said he wanted to be recreated and now we're in issue three David is growing up grown up under uh, the android who's been raising him uh, named Chloe and David's kind of as you do when you grow up, you don't necessarily always love your mother android. <laughs> and they found this city uh, that's filled with um, robots, like sentient robot city. Uh, and unlike maybe other post-apocalyptic sentient robot cities, they don't hate humans. They're kind of like, holy crap, a human that bleeds. Wow, let's worship it. And there's kind of like this divine humanity angle to it that was really interesting and it's not necessarily something I I mean I think I've seen it somewhere before but it's it's not like the most familiar element and one and two I wasn't really interested so much in the story it was all about the art because the art's so incredible but three I think has finally got me in the story I'm finally really into the story elements of it the art still got me those friggin lineless panels and that coloring is so amazing so I'm still here for the art but I think origins number three I'm finally here for the story it's definitely the most lush post-apocalyptic story that <laughs> I've, I've read in a while um no I I agree and like it's it was definitely a, an amazing commentary kind of on on you know the repercussions of what humanity does like how it affects even what we would consider inanimate objects like robots you know like like these things were programmed to serve humans and then there's no more humans so the second there's a human back it's like you know like yay we actually have a purpose again you know so Hurrah, something to do oh totally poor Roombas <laughs> exactly you know I haven't read that yet, but I absolutely loved uh, Jacob Rebelka's art, uh, like from, was it Judas, the book that he did like a few years ago? I haven't Jacob read that. No, I that haven't. was really good. That was that was pretty amazing. I'm like, I love the art in this book so much. I really need to go on a kick and just go read everything because I'm so into the art in this book. So if you say that's good, I'm into it. I'll probably go back and read that too. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. And I haven't read the other book he did that was um, Reaver, um, which mm -hmm. he did with Justin Jordan. But uh, it, I mean, <laughs> it seems worth it enough just for just to see the art, you know? Yeah. Yeah, those books are definitely going to be on my list now uh, to, to, to definitely check out. I, I also I've been meaning to see if they have a store to, to pick up any prints or anything, you know, because I definitely like some of that art in my in my house. <laughs> the first book, like origins number one like every other page is just a full page print like if you bought that in print because you know i read digitally but if you buy that in print just rip out pages mm -hmm. and hang them up they'd work they're gorgeous oh absolutely i mean i don't support necessarily tearing books i guess i don't know some comics are made to be torn remember when they used yes. to have hey cut this out and fold it up and make an origami thing Comics yeah. used to do that in the nineties. Or, or mail, mail, uh, mail things. They wanted you to buy more than one. Yeah, 
exactly. The 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 old Mad Folden is also what I'm thinking of. Yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, exactly. Before you do the Watchmen wallpaper, just go for for a Jacob Rebelka book. Or that, instead. yes, yes, yes. I yes. could do that behind my bed. Yeah, there's <laughs> an idea. That's very cool. All right, um, Jake, how about you? Uh, what is your your quick hit for the day or the week? Definitely. So this is this is kind of a, a manga I've been reading uh, throughout the quarantines, um, but um, latest volume came out for it, and it is called To Your Eternity. And it is by uh, Yoshitoki Oima. Um, that, or she is a uh, mangaka artist who did uh, A Silent Voice. And if you're familiar with A Silent Voice, yes. it is a, a, a heartbreaking story. Heartbreaking. Um, it, it definitely has those, those great like warm moments, but there's definitely some times where it just like tears your hearts out and just tramples over it. And this book is, is uh, very similar. It's, it's like a very warm familial book, but it also um, definitely knows how to make you feel terrible for the characters. Um, it's hard to describe because it's, it's kind of like an out there concept a little bit. Uh, basically, there is this formless or this, this spear that this person puts out on the earth and the spear, whenever it encounters something, it copies that thing. So at first it encounters a rock, so it becomes a rock. Then it encounters a wolf, so it becomes a wolf. And then eventually it encounters humans. And so from there, the story kind of goes on to become this thing that's just about um, it's becoming its own person, uh, developing its own personality based on these people that it starts to draw connections to. And one of the things that I really love about it is that every volume is like this new story, this new character study almost with this new set of characters that you get to know throughout the volume. And then at the end of it, something happens and things move on. Um, but just seeing how things develop from there and how these people start to become such an important part of Fushi's life, who's the, the, the spear's name it eventually gains. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really incredible. And it's just one of those great things about manga is that I feel like there's so many stories in them that you don't really see in other forms of media. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think I'd ever hear about this, this sphere that turns into other things, mm -hmm, like a TV mm -hmm. show or, or in a, a video game. So it's just, just really amazing. Does she like pick up characteristics from other people she touches when she's a person? So, so she she like physically turns into that person mm -hmm. um, and she's only able to turn into that person after they die. Oh. Um, so a lot of times so that is a trick that they, they'll pull on you when they turn right, right. into a person and that's how they realize, oh, that person's died. Oh. Um, so yeah, yeah. There's, there's, cool. this, there's, there's one person in particular that they end up assuming the form of a lot because they are like from way, way back and like story time progresses pretty quickly. So they can, they keep it. Yes, they keep yes. the ability. They okay. So it's like they've got that folder, and they can. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then I like there's, it. There's like wrinkles with it, and they like to start to understand like different ways they can um, use their abilities. And there's just so many things on top of each other um, that just really make it a, a really um, deep, uh, deep manga. Just not not just in the world building, but like also those character relationships and uh, stuff mm. like that. I like it. I'm going to have to read this. Definitely, definitely. I, I highly recommend it. It's on my list. I love it. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. Definitely. I have to read more manga. I definitely do. So that I'll stop calling it manga accidentally. 
It's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, all right. So I have a quick hit, but it's not a comic. I kind of cheated a little bit. It's a video game that's based on a comic. Um, it is uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, the special edition came out a couple of weeks ago on the on multiple platforms. I was playing it on the Switch uh, personally. Uh, it came out originally in 2010, but hasn't been available to purchase since 2014. Uh, the, the, the game plays like a classic side-scrolling brawler, but it also still retains all the comic feel from Scott Pilgrim. So you're definitely, there's no question that you're playing a Scott Pilgrim game, and it's more like the the comic than it is the the movie it's the the sprites everything looks exactly like Brian Lee O'Malley's original artwork um, the the aesthetic is is great and the the game itself kind of felt slow and maybe that's just because it is from originally 2010 um, another brawler came out recently River City Girls which is fantastic and it was a little bit faster so I um, even though I, I absolutely love the aesthetic and I love the feel of, of of Scott Pilgrim and I definitely recommend it to any comic or video game fans um, but you know like I also recommend River City Girls as well it's a, that's a fun game um, but what this gave me major vibes to is like everyone's saying it's kind of like River City Ransom or like the Kunio Kun games but I totally got Simpsons arcade game vibes from this, which is an absolute compliment. You know, it's the, the four player, the way the, the the bad guys attack you and everything is it was very Simpsons arcade game. And that's that's a very high compliment coming from me because that game stole a lot of my quarters growing up. I barely right. remember that game. That was a long, long time ago. No, it totally was. It, it came out like the first after the first season of The Simpsons. So was that 91, 90? I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I was I a very playing, small child. I remember playing Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world, the video game, uh, way back when it got released back in, I think, like, yeah, yeah, you were saying like 2014 or 2010. Um, are you playing single player or co-op? Because I remember playing it single player and it feeling like very tedious just because it, it, it you were just grinding down on people uh, mm -hmm. for the fighting. But as soon as you got other players involved, you, you would blast through things way quicker than you would just by yourself. Is it kind of, have they changed anything that way or is it pretty much the same? I think it probably is the same. I definitely need to probably recruit Carrie to, to play with me with that, on that game just because I, I think I, I need a player two or her be the player one and I'll be the player two. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, and the seven evil X's, it, the, the game, obviously, since it, the comic was a, a tribute to video games, it writes like a video game, and the game definitely has a lot of that aesthetic and feel to it, so definitely, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, all right, I think that's it for the, the first step, so we'll get to our main topic here. It's time for... Uh, Sleepless, which is uh, written by Sarah Vaughn, art by Layla DeLuca, colors and editing by Alyssa Sala, and letters by Darren Bennett. And it was published by Dark Horse. Um, this was Jake's choice. Uh, Jake, can you give us a synopsis and why you chose this book for us today? Definitely. Um, so yeah, Sleepless is all about the kingdom of 
permanent. Maybe I'm not the right person to do a synopsis because I'll be honest with y'all, I am terrible at pronunciations. So I was making up pronunciation. Uh, actually, that's one of my things in my notes. Is like, is it Serenic? Is it you know? I think it's Serenic, but Serenic. I can't say the kingdom name either. So you I, go for it I, with was, that kingdom name. I was calling it Harbony in my head. Yes, but, so yeah. was I. Yeah, the Harbony that, that sounds, sounds right. Harbony sounds more accurate. So there's this kingdom called Harbony, and in the kingdom of Harbony, um, uh, the king has passed away, and now his brother is becoming the new king. And we, our story follows around Lady um, Pepenia, or Poppy, as uh, she's known to her friends, and her sleepless night, uh, uh, Serenic. <laughs> it works. We all know who you're talking about. Serenic. And um, basically them trying to navigate this completely new situation for Poppy uh, as this new king is set up and these power grabs, this court mischief, this romance between Poppy and uh, Serenic. And um, it's all about, uh, yeah, yeah, this, this, this romance, this court drama, and a little bit of action as well. And uh, it, um, reading it, I, I read it, reread it all today, and it's just uh, such a delightful comic that I feel really uses the craft of comics so, 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 so well. Like everything that's on display by the creative team. Um, I feel like as a reader, if you're, if you're not paying attention to it, it's totally fine. And it, you just have a really enjoyable comic. But if you look at it a little bit deeper, you start to see these different techniques that the creative team uses to really just go above and beyond and make this such a, a great example of uh, a graphic comic. Hard agree. Yeah. I, this was just we were talking about this earlier, but when this book was coming out during its release, I was reading it issue to issue. It was probably my favorite book as it was coming out. It's definitely one of my favorite books ever that I've ever read, period, uh, on pure craftsmanship level. The art is some of the best art I've ever seen. The coloring is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Sala needs all the awards just throw awards at the coloring <laughs> for this book oh, yeah. I just want to roll around in it it's so absolutely gorgeous I've talked several times on this podcast about how I read Akatsuki no Yona and Akagami Shiryuki Himi uh, just for kind of costuming other reasons too the story is very good uh, but the costumes are so great and how that's lacking in western comics no one cares about how good costumes are. You've got all these superheroes and their costumes are bullshit. Um, <laughs> and no shade to Chris Anka, who yes. everyone loves for his costumes, but like the texture never really feels good and the volume never really feels good. It looked like the styles there. Again, no shade. It's great style. I love it. Um, but there's a loss in uh, the feel to it a lot of times. Um, which you don't have with manga. Manga is great with giving you fabric feel, which we read Princess Jellyfish last week, and that's great with fabric feel. Uh, this book is like the best example of Western comics doing fabric right and just like set the whole story aside, which is amazing. The clothes in this book I'm in love with. The art is so good. I love it so much. Now do we want to talk about the story? <laughs> That's my favorite part is the clothes. I love the clothes in this book. I love the hair in this book. Mm -hmm. 
I love the art in this book so much. You can feel the gravity in the clothes. And that's lost a lot of times, you know, even if the passion's there. But you can definitely, you can guess how heavy those clothes feel on all the characters just by the way that the, the characters are positioned, the way that they're they're standing, the way the clothes is, is dropping off of them, like the draping off of them. Like those dresses, poppy wear, those things, oh God, got to be like 100 pounds. <laughs> I mean, those things look so heavy, but like just loads and loads of fabric. And it's pretty amazing that you can get that feel from from a drawing. Very much so. And they have, they have weight to them and they have but they also have airiness and lightness to them and they have meaning because she talks about them you know where the fabric comes from they have texture they have patterning all of the women wear different kinds they have different styles i love it so mad props to everyone in this creative team i'm sure everyone was a part of it uh, but specifically specifically mad props to del duca and sala for the art portion and the coloring portion on this that's just something i had to get out there at the very beginning but now we can actually talk about i don't know maybe the story <laughs> no totally absolutely uh also just uh, more on on a superficial part of it if, if a comic has a cute animal in it i'm usually all for it so the fact that there's a fennec fox in this, <laughs> that was uh, another plus in, in the comic. And I love the ears of Benny, you know, definitely. If it wasn't Benny's illegal. very I'd, adorable. <laughs> I'd have one too. <laughs> he is great. When, when bad things happened to Benny, I was very oh. upset. Oh, that hurt me more than like anything that happened to any of the humans. <laughs> no, totally. The set, that... I think when was that break when Benny gets injured? Is that the book ten, book twelve, book ten, book eleven? Is that that break where you don't know what's going to happen to Benny? Oh yes, I believe so. Yeah, that that was right after the spoilers, the 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 murder, um, and or so, um, yeah, that was at the very end. I was either between nine and ten or ten and eleven. So yeah, that. I was mentioning earlier that that was the hardest break for me, like because it's like we didn't know, you know, who killed the the prince, and we didn't know exactly what was going on, and also Benny was in danger, so I wanted to read the next issue. Yeah, but who cares about Holder? It's all about Benny. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and characterizations. I mean, Holder is such a dick <laughs> I, I literally wrote that in my notes like i can't i mean like he's your pompous you know um status grabbing character yeah it was definitely nice when when he got his comeuppance and i really um i don't know if, if you, you want to hit like specific uh, story beats or oh sure or, or how you want to go through it but the the turn in the later half between Poppy and him and like um, that that moment between them when Poppy's like oh you think you got one over on me but really no I'm about to make your life a living hell and like how powerful of a moment that was for Poppy I really um, enjoyed how they they spun that on the, on its head to uh, to not make Poppy the victim in that situation but to to show this like like strength that she has within herself that 
she's not she's not going down without a fight by any means that whole relationship was really interesting because you know she knew right from the beginning like that there was something with Holder like they're you know they're going to she had to give him that favor because she couldn't give it to Cyrenic she had to you know she had to play nice with Helder the whole time like that whole political maneuver she had to do with that character was really really fascinating and set up really really well but it was like when she went into that room with him because they're married she is legit a widow now that's interesting uh when she went into that room it's like how is that going to be played because you know they're not going to have sex she's not going to sleep with him she's not crazy he tried to kill her how are we going to do this and she did it she played it off really well she's like listen you try to kill me I'm going to make your life a living hell. Congratulations. You made the wrong choice. (laughs) It was good. I liked it. If you're going to play politics, play politics hard. She ran out that room. I was like, good girl. I like it. Poppy is definitely one of the strongest characters I've read in a long time. She's tough. I I really, I really like her as a character. Start, you know, you start, I mean, you start at the beginning and her dad's dead, recently dead. And she has to go in front of everybody and be like, everybody probably wants me to be queen. I don't want to. I'm an illegitimate daughter, legitimate, illegitimate daughter. And they take so long to explain all of that. It was very interesting. That's like the mystery the whole time is why is she illegitimate? Like, where did this whole thing with her and her father and her mother come from? And I thought that was interesting, like the relationship and how all of that worked because like her and her father's wife, that relationship between her and uh, what was her mother, her, her stepmother. Uh, Leota. Yeah. Leota. Yeah. Would that that be what she's called? Her stepmother? Her father's. In a way. Her her father's actual wife's name. stepmother. (laughs) What do you call that? (laughs) The queen. The Dowager Queen? I don't know. That's a really complicated family situation. <laughs> I've never been part of. They had a really interesting relationship. Definitely. No, totally. And the thing is, too, is that the situation that we find Poppy in the beginning of the book sets up automatic villains or what we could perceive as a reader as a villain, like from like reading a bunch of stories like this and you know in the past. You know, like the 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 mother of, or I'm sorry, the wife the wife of the of the person who's your dad, but you're not that person's kid. Would could almost basically you you almost set them up automatically as a possible villain. Um, the new king, the uncle, you know, um, afraid of of losing his power. So there's a lot of there's a lot of like feints in this book, like that that. Because the, there's a the mystery of who's trying to kill Poppy, and and they they do a really good job, um, kind of keeping that mystery going during the entire the entire book, even though the mystery is not solvable. I don't think for the reader, um, it's definitely. But at uh, but at the same time, it's I forgive it because the reveal is good and and they definitely lead you to think that. There's there's a lot of different forces going on. In fact, even when they show the shadow of the uh, 
of the, the the main conspirator it looks like the king you know at first the the shadow looks like his 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 uh figure so it they totally make you think it's cerno that's trying to kill poppy so they I thought, look fairly close alike silhouette and yeah. everything i thought when i first read it i thought it was the sleepless doing it yeah and obviously they had a hand in it but I, I was fairly, to me, I thought they were setting it up fairly clearly to be like a sleepless conspiracy. Yeah, I thought Sir Gert was going to come back and he was like, oh, he didn't really go go to sleep. He's just been in the background the whole time or something mm. like that. Manipulating. Mm. Yeah. Pulling the strings. Well, they were, you know, they were unhappy with what hand they'd been dealt and the new king was trying to take away any power they had and trying to potentially like get rid of them how it was like actively trying to get rid of them i didn't necessarily know why that meant they needed to kill poppy but it doesn't necessarily need to make sense because evil people are stupid so i I think it was like a down with government down with the at the end definitely yeah yeah Yeah. it was very much no king's a good king and yeah valid (laughs) yeah yeah it's like i think that sometimes the the you know just like kind of like in black panther when the the villains motivations are you kind of agree with them it makes for a really good good villain definitely was not necessarily wrong because that i don't know if i caught it so much the first time i read it but because i was just like oh shit this is really pretty and i really really like poppy but definitely the second time i'm reading it when they're going like and this man's going to be drawn and quartered or whatever i was like yeah really I don't think no what I don't think I'm okay with this how necessary is that (laughs) I kind uh, of agreed with what he was doing what when we learn the villains uh like origins and why he's doing what he's doing it is is very interesting because we've only ever really known the king through Poppy's eyes through like the previous queen's eyes yeah here this like you suddenly get like oh hey mm-hmm. the king isn't as good as maybe you thought you like you you only think that about the previous king because of the characters you've seen talk about him right but really he's he was a king so he was an great. asshole he's he's yeah. got blood on his hands and it comes back and that's one of the things i had i wrote down was that there's definitely a theme in this book about sins of the past um because the um and you know, one, the reason why Poppy's life is in danger is not because of anything she did, but it's because of the actions of her father, as well as th- towards the end when they find like the catacombs and they find the, the basically the ancient civilization that this their kingdom was built on top of. You know, it's like how the, the, those, those um, tunnels and those, and those caves led to almost the death of, of of poppy as well because that's how the, the 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 assassins and murderers got in you know so it's like these these things that everyone because they're in their religion they say like oh time's gonna forget this person and so like anyone who they that they find dissatisfied with instead of like learning about them and like and like trying to like you know have them as a cautionary tale the the goal in the religion of harmony is like just to forget them which isn't a good thing because then you know the the cliche the history is going to you don't learn from it yeah Yeah. so 
I thought that was that was a very cool. I didn't I didn't obviously catch that the first time I read that, but the second time I'm like, oh yeah, this is all about you know living with other people's screw ups, <laughs> you know, like and and like trying to make the best out of the world, even though the people before you might have not been the best people. Yeah, Buffy is definitely a, a victim of circumstance and a victim of like other people's assumptions of her. Um, really is why she ends up in the places she's she ends up because of those people assuming these things about Poppy that just is not who Poppy is at all. No, Going totally. Back to, to what uh, Darcy was saying about like how long it takes them to explain like some of the inner workings uh, about Harpony and, and how it works as a kingdom and like the king and all that stuff. That's one of the things I actually really uh, enjoy about the book is because mm. like a lot of times with fantasy. Um, there is so much exposition in, in fantasy because they have to tell you about the world, how things work in the world, all these new characters mm-hmm. they're introducing you to. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times you just get bogged down with all of these details all at once, right at the beginning of something. And most of the time, like by the time these things become relevant again, you've forgotten them or it just like, right. your mind. And one of the exactly. things I love about sleep lists is that they slowly like drip feed you all this information about Harbony and about Poppy and about um, Serenic and like like how things work in the kingdom, like the sleepless, how they work. Like you can't kind of already have an assumption, but like learning how it, the, if you just got told everything right at the beginning, it wouldn't have made for a good comic book. Like it would have right. been all this text and you'd just be like, why am I reading this and, and moving on? But because they give like that room for the art to breathe and to tell you about the kingdom and do this world building, not just through what people are saying, but also through the art is, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really excellent. And like, let the characters have the interactions they need to have. And you learn through that really well, uh, like uh, with the ambassadors. I really liked that where they're allowed to like make mistakes and uh, how Poppy's not so sure about, because it's even, it's her mom's country. What's the name of her mom's country? It starts with an M. Uh, Maribesh. Maribesh, yeah. Like the difference in culture between Harbony and Maribesh and how she'll slip up sometimes when she's talking to that ambassador. And the little things like that, I think are fun. Just like these little cultural differences. I I really liked um, the little magical elements that come from, uh, uh, I didn't write down any of the countries. The E country, with the um, magic Edlund? that the Edlund. yeah Edland yes. with the princess and Helder, uh, Rella and Helder from uh, Relin and Helder. Relin's not yeah, Relin's only half. Yes, but Helder I guess is full. I don't know. They don't really describe all of their parentage, but Helder only kind of comes, and I guess Relin's the daughter, so she must be half. Um but all their little magic stuff like Relin's bracelet and the the uh, hairpin that lets Poppy tell where West is. It's like this really random element that again, like you said, they never really explain what it is. They don't explain how magic exists within this world, but it just is. And it just is in these objects sometimes and in some ways and it's fine. It just is. And I really, really liked it ability to tell the truth and the ability to tell west i was like that's fun just these little elements and the star uh the being able to uh, prophesize to the stars i really liked Mm -hmm. and how that influenced the culture and 
I, I, the world building elements were really, really well laid, really, really well written and really, really well chosen. I think they fit together well. They work together as they made up the story. And as the story went on, all of it fit. It was very well crafted as a story. Absolutely. And I think there's like, there's a confidence from the creative team to like, because all the things that Darcy just mentioned, there's things that's, that's mentioned in the book, but they never dive like super deep into it. It's all mm-hmm. just like, this is just as it, as it comes up, we'll talk about it, but we're not going to get like super in depth or get bogged down by telling you too much about it. And I feel like a less confident creative team would try to like tell the readers like, oh, hey, this is what X, Y, and Z means. And this is why it means that. And, and la, da, 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 da. But like to have that confidence, like, oh no, the readers are going to understand this. They're going to make these connections. It's just, it's nice as a reader to be treated with, there's, there's, there's a certain amount of respect that you're being shown that you yeah. can make these connections on your own. Yeah, exactly. they're, not, they're not like, oh, the reader's stupid. Like they're like, oh, the reader, reader will get this, you know, yeah. T- totally. I um, Speaking about like the, the differences between the, the countries and everything, um, I liked the fact that Mirabesh is definitely a, a matriarchal um, society and then patriarchal harmony and and the kind of the difference between them and also the way that they're kind of also at the same time very similar you know just I thought that I thought that was kind of a, a cool addition to to the story yeah both of them have monarchies and both of them are kind of um, tied up in those monarchies so that the court is inescapable for both of them and it's nice to see how how the ground level characters deal with that as just a, a fact of life, like, hey, we're, we're constrained because of because of the courts and because of stuff like this. Yep, no, totally. Because like all Poppy wants to do is go home. And, <laughs> and unfortunately. Not even home, just go away. Yeah. Just let me go for fuck's sake. Let me co- out of this horrible place. And then what's great about it is when she has this absolute chance to, when the the boat when they when her and Serenic find the you know get find the boat that that uh, was prepared for her to to escape um she chooses not to because that's just like a strength of a character because it's like well we can't she's gotta go get our kitty yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and, i wouldn't leave mine behind either <laughs> yeah no totally and even even if benny was there i don't think she should she would have left honestly i think because because she had her duty and she needed to she needed to make sure that things were done you know correctly especially when they found out that everyone thought that her and and serenic had killed um oh my god i just forgot his name helder helder thank you we just talked about him. no problem i yeah. forget names all the time i'm here for you <laughs> all right so so yeah I, I just thought that was that you know like the she got what she wanted and like you know with like two issues to go into the book you know but yet she decides to stay home stay which is very interesting very very well dynamic character you know like i think that's pretty awesome it's still someone else's home though like that's again it's i don't remember thinking it the first time i read it but like i it's still i don't know like did anything are they going to change anything for the like it's still a bad he's still a bad king yeah no totally yeah by the end the the ending is it's good for poppy and good it's for good Serenic. for poppy good for serenic 
but the yeah. kingdom is still kind of maybe good for the sleepless like that whole side conversation Surinex having with the other sleepless like maybe we'll have trial sleepless periods like that's an interesting idea like if you sleep and then revoke your vow and like sleep for three months or something and then you can decide whether or not you want to do long-term sleeplessness which hi life um <laughs> but like that's a cool idea but the king's still an asshole like this is gonna happen again some other person's gonna try to rise up and because you're still a dick like kill him let relin be queen because yes <laughs> you're terrible you're terrible your daughter's a little bit less so <laughs> that was also such a like dynamic characters i mean relin is a side character and yet has so much growth in such little time in in, in the story and i i absolutely because definitely in the beginning of it i mean personally i was just like oh who's this person um or just yeah, I didn't like them, and and then they became like such a cool character. And the fact that Benny liked Relin, and and they and then you know Poppy basically goes off on 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 her and says like you know basically I don't want want what you think I want. And then they become like besties afterwards. <laughs> like they actually after the the smoke clears, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that shouting match between them was fun. No, totally. Definitely. I loved the moment during the tournament where she like stands up and cheers for her guard. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those triplet guards, were there three of them? I think there are three of them, right? Not so, twins, yeah. it's triplets. Yes. Her her triplet Amazon guards or whatever she's got going on. Those are cool. At the end when they were like, finally something to do. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, I liked Relin a lot. Mm -hmm. She was fun. She's a fun character, and they were fun together. And it was fun, like, you know, them trying to find a way out of getting Poppy married to Elvis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the know, they, yeah. They had that bestie moment together. Mm -hmm. Heldon was totally. so awful. I hated him. Yeah. But then at the end, you know, you've got that sad thing, too. What's his name was running through the hallways, whispering at him through walls kind of driving him crazy yeah uh yeah i mean even hell um he was a he was a victim in in some way you know he was and but yeah it's 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 like there's really the only character that i have a hundred percent like disdain for is the king and it turns out he wasn't even the bad guy in the book <laughs> you know so I unless you're a peasant i guess yeah exactly <laughs> maybe that's why i still don't like him um but um because we're peasants yeah. <laughs> um i like the little things in this book as well like the little nuances like in the beginning of, of the story when um after seeing going to the tomb of her father poppy yawns and so does serenic and even though he's sleepless um, and she kind of calls him on it, but then at the end of the book, when he's no longer sleepless, they all have a big, huge yawn together after after all the action's over. And I, I just thought like little kind of callbacks to that was 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 pretty cool as well. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 sweet things that like stuff like that where it's like 
it doesn't necessarily add to the plot. It doesn't necessarily add to how things are moving forward, but it just kind of, it, it makes the characters feel more fleshed out and more like, oh, these are, these are people, you know, um, in their world. I, uh, I, I, I really enjoy to like, um, uh, Serenic as a character, as this, like, it's Serenic and Poppy's relationship throughout it is just really, really solid. And I, mm-hmm. I love seeing that, like, unrequited or can't quite say that they they love each other and like how much they're being held back by the courts how much they're holding back from each other and seeing that that release is just such a joyous moment um between the two of them and in the book itself like even though it's like on this pile of bones mm-hmm. in, in the in the in the bottom of the castle but they're making finally... out in the dark on bones yeah <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> a great finally... scene <laughs> they're finally um being able to let go of everything and just be who they want to be with each other. And, and that there's, there's so much sweetness there that I really, uh, that I really loved. It's a good contrast to the first kiss and first mm-hmm. release, which is very tragic. It is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that one was, oh man, I remember reading that the first time. I think I screamed. I'm pretty sure I screamed when I read it. It was probably like midnight in my apartment and all of my uh, neighbors probably hated me for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I screamed because she kisses him and then he like passes the fuck out as you do. Um, and that just that full page, that scene, the what did you say? Was it four months we had yeah. after that that we didn't get a book? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was just incredible. It was an incredible twist of your emotions. Yeah, their relationship was fabulous. Cineric is Cineric. Uh, where did that come from? <laughs> it works. As a character, period, I thought he was really great when he would drift and he would get his past memories. Like, that was a really interesting way of doing it. That madness that he was going through and remembering of becoming uh, sleepless and like his past that he can like the only time we really got a good glimpse of the king uh, was in his memories when he saved the king's life that one time. Mm-hmm. And and I, I thought that was because you just get that it wasn't very different but he just looks so much younger between like those two images, how much younger he looked when he wasn't sleepless and he was smiling. And it was just such a beautiful little difference when he was drifting and he was in his past. And um, it was very sad, I thought, but very, very well done. Just again, it was world building. Yeah. Well, I love, I love drifting as like, cause it's just really, it's there just as a storytelling mechanic for them to give you like a flashback essentially mm-hmm. but the way that they disguise it as something that's currently happening to a character um is just it's just it's it's amazing i love this book so much sorry i'm nerding no out I'm, no no totally it's, totally it's, here with you that's like the a very clever way to give exposition i mean it totally is definitely definitely and it's it's so nice to like because um it relies a lot on the art too, because like Darcy was mentioned, he looks so much younger. You don't see those massive uh, shadows under his mm. eyes yeah. that he has nowadays because he's a sleepless. But back then he wasn't one yet. So you can you can, you can kind of already visual, visually see that it's a different time frame just based on that. And um, yeah, yeah, I absolutely love it. Uh, there's, there's so many different little things that they do in the book that's like great to read like in the moment, but like when you look back at it, there's those like, 
oh, this is just a storytelling mechanic that they're using, or this is just part of their craft that they're flexing at this moment mm -hmm. that, um, that I love so much. Yes. No, totally. Very much. I like the sleepless room that they pass through mm -hmm. as a cultural, historical monument that there's a room where they put people in between they've gone into long sleep but before they die because they sleep for years and then they die that's fascinating so they've got rooms so they've got a catacomb set up for them and so they walk past his bed and i thought that was fascinating mm -hmm. they just made so many little plans in this book and I, I think about other books I read and I love a lot that are fantasy books and have a lot of world building in them. But, you know, like big books, big, like we've talked about Descender mm -hmm. and I love Descender and Descender's excellent. And it's got so much world building. And so it's, but there's a lot of like little stuff that's done here that I just find so fascinating. And I just like, I don't know how to describe it really, but there's just, I read this and I've, this is like the fourth or fifth time that I've read this story and I'm reading through it this time and thinking, you know, I've never really noticed that this is something that you'd have to pick out and do. And I just have to give so much credit to this whole team for putting all this together and building all this up because there's a real wholeness to this world that I don't always see things that are kind of like falling off the sides there's nothing really falling off the sides of this story everything feels really solid in this story and I really really appreciate it there's no retcons in this they they built that wall and they kept it the way <laughs> that it was supposed to be from the beginning they 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 it wasn't any new ideas that came up later or, or like, Hey, maybe we should make this person this instead, you know, like they have a path and they took it and it's obvious that this all was planned out and all these little pieces just came together really well. Yeah. I would, I would love to see like a, like if they had like a series Bible or something like that, because like you get all these things uh, throughout the book itself, but they all hint towards like how big the world is and there has to be like so much more that the creative team <laughs> made for it that um <laughs> the creative team made for it that they just didn't use because they didn't need to because they were just telling this one particular story but i would love to hear more about the world of harmony and maribesh and edland and and all those uh different things that they must have come up with but um we didn't need it for the story so we didn't get it exactly i would have liked more backups that would yep. have been nice that like if there's I, I i bought it in singles i never bought a trade for it i wonder if there's anything in the trade maybe i should buy a trade <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not necessary but it's definitely would be appreciative <laughs> to have almost like a cimmerellian you know like a just all the backup writings like like jake was saying like just you know like yeah just just give me this huge hardcover of this comic that I love with all this added stuff in the back of it. Right. The omnibus. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the, 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 um, the tabletop um, coffee table book version of this, please. And also, you know, larger drawings, like la la larger art. Yeah, please. Yes. 
Yeah, make it one of those where it's like really, really big, like twice the size of an mm -hmm. actual. Yeah, there's not, you know, again, say all the time, I'm a digital reader. There's not many books I would buy in hardback and super print, whatever they call that thing. Uh, this is definitely one of the ones I would. Oh, yeah, definitely me too. And also a digital reader. So <laughs> this would, I, I, I want this on my, my, on my bookcase. <laughs> You have the trades of this, but I read it digitally. But I'll have to go hunt them down to see if there's there's any bonus stuff. And if there is, I'll definitely send it. Yay! Cool. Thank you. Okay. Well, I think we're about at the end of our discussion here. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts? Jake. Jake, do you want to go first? Um, I I think I think the only like maybe critique I would say for for this is that. Every issue is paced very, very well, but like the last issue for me is a little bit faster than I would have liked, but maybe mm. that's just because I like, I didn't want it to end. But mm. I think if it had like one more issue and it was like that 12 issues, um, it would have been paced like consistently all the way throughout. Definitely. Um, that being said, the last issue, like rereading it now um, isn't isn't bad. It's, it's just a little bit faster than I would have liked, but it still ends well. And it's still, um, even though there's some like weird, like, Oh, I don't want to think about this too long because it makes me upset. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, definitely go go read Sleepless if you haven't before. It's it's a delightful book that everyone should should take a look at at some point. I maybe it's just you know current political climate. I don't think I ever realized before that. Um, why didn't they kill the king? They should have killed the king. Why isn't killing the king the thing that should have happened at the end? I That should have been the thing. That should have been how it ended. Why wasn't that how it ended? He's an awful person. I, it ended wrong. Okay. Other than that, the book is perfect. Um, <laughs> why did they draw and quarter that? I don't know. I love this book. It is one of my favorite comics of all time, period. Especially when we're talking serialized comics, like books that I read issue by issue by issue which is not something I normally do it's not normally how I read comics so uh, if I'm reading a comic book month to month uh, I like that comic book and this is definitely one I quite liked um, I'm here for costuming and this has it uh, but yeah fucking kill that king that king was awful that's my only criticism otherwise it's perfection no I agree with both of you guys. It's definitely, it's it's definitely my my favorite, uh, one of my favorite books I've read in a very long time, and I was very happy, Jake, when you chose this because any excuse to reread this is is fine by me. Okay, so we're going to go into our next section here our looking forwards uh books that are coming out in the near future that we want to read um darcy uh do you want to go first of course um i guess if i have to <laughs> um i'm going to look forward to uh maria levey is it levey or yavey i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure either it's LL, so I'm going to go with ya and E-E-E-T, but it's not French, so yavay. I apologize. Uh, uh, Luna, number one, uh, from Boom Studios. Uh, it is about a... <laughs> 
dark sex cult, <laughs> death cult, sex cult. Um, I don't know. It, I'm all about cults. I'm an ex-cult member myself. I aged out of one, like aged out the cult died combination of things. So I'm like here for cults. I'm into it. Uh, not like into getting into one, but I like studying them because I think they're interesting in how people get into them and into getting people out of them. Uh, so I like reading things about crazy fucking cults. Um, and this looks like a crazy fucking cult thing. Uh, but it's also like death cults I'm good with sex cults ah, little <laughs> freaking creepy it might like raise my I'm too ace for this badge I'm not quite sure but the art itself looks fascinating um, if you've read some of uh, I Maria generally does like art I think typically of, mm -hmm. on other things her art's incredible it's very kind of like uh <laughs> very kind of sketchy and interesting the colors are very uh pastels uh, very kind of doodle-ish i it looks really fascinating and different i i don't know if i'm going to be able to like personally me being who i am handle the sex parts all that well but the cult parts and the death parts and the creepy weird parts look so fascinating that I'm really kind of hoping I can handle on to that part well enough to handle the you know sexy weird parts so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. it takes place in the 1960s um it's a hippie cult you know nice. typical culty shit so mm -hmm. I'm excited oh no yeah. Definitely sounds good. Maybe they'll, they'll maybe they'll end up uh, making dinnerware like uh, the Oneida sex cult. Like Oneida sex yeah. cult, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, you've got cult silver or cult uh, flatware in your house. Are you aware? Yeah. So yeah, cults in real life not into cults in fiction, however. Cults in fiction. Yeah. And also very timely because we're dealing with a huge cult that hopefully it gets disbanded soon. Um, Dealing you with know. a couple of huge cults, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> Politically, we have a cult <laughs> that's going on. Um, so no, I, I've read Heartbeats. Um, I love that book. Uh, it was it it got kind of too sexy for me. <laughs> so who knows? That's kind of what I'm afraid of. Might be a little bit too sexy, but I like Maria's art. Yeah. And cults are interesting and horrifying in the sixties, and I'm I, I'm hoping I can handle it. That's all I'm saying. It looks interesting, and I'm hoping my emotional stability is ready for it. <laughs> Does the term Western anime or Western like manga almost kind of feels fitting for her? I can see herself. that. Yeah. But, all right. How Jake? How about how about yourself? Yeah, I'm looking forward to another another boom book like uh, Darcy. I'm looking forward to Orcs by Christine Larson. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, it's just a like a cartoony fantasy book that's about uh, orcs. And the orcs are the main characters. And they're just kind of like these fun little like org looking goblin uh, type uh, people. And I just it, it just feels very fun. I'm always here for for fantasy stuff. Um, and so getting something that's like fantasy and also fun and just funny and stuff like that uh, is, is nice. So I'm looking forward to uh, digging into that. I think the first issue comes out like the second week of February. So it's still a little while off, but, um, but it, looks, it looks like a lot of fun and I'm uh, looking forward to having fun with it. 
Orcs are fun. They're weird, mm -hmm. interesting looking characters. So yeah, it looks it looks interesting. I always played as the orcs in uh, Warcraft, so I definitely <laughs> do have do have an affinity for them. Now that no, I I didn't know about this, and I definitely am adding this to my my pickup list uh, for February because that sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And it's like each issue is going to be like oversized, so it's like an extra like an extra thick um, single issue uh, oh. to dig your dig your teeth into. Nice. It sounds really cool. And it's orcs exclamation point, it looks like. Is that right? I'm looking yes. at the art right now. Orcs. Orcs. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> oh, it's really cute. Yeah. I like totally. it. It looks awesome. It's it's not hard to sell me on like delightful fantasy stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, definitely uh, drew me in that way. No, no, no. I'm oh, it's cute. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm all for this. Um, an art, art artist that Abby is a fan of, uh, Sweeney Boo, uh, is doing a variant cover for it as well. Ooh. So we're getting the, the Sweeney Boo variant in this instance. Awesome. That's really cool. Oh, uh, Eat and Love Yourself was like one of my top books last year. That is, was great. So definitely a Sweeney Boo fan myself. Um, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to, it's not a boom book, but I do have something similar. It's a one-worded title that I'm going to bring to the table here. It's a steak, number one. Uh, steak like uh, a piece of wood, not like the meat. <laughs> it's uh, uh, by David A. Byrne and Francesca Fettini, uh, published by Scout Comics. Uh, I've been on kind of a vampire kick lately, so I got excited when I saw this book. Uh, essentially, it's about a world where like vampires came out, um, out of the shadows like three or four years prior and the main character of the book joins a union of vampire hunters because two of her best friends basically got, got killed by by vampires and so it's a pretty simple plot but it sounds you know it sounds like he could definitely go somewhere so i just i want to definitely check this out vampires are always something you can do something fun with oh don't tell totally. But this is a very straightforward title. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It, yeah, it's yeah, definitely. Maybe maybe everyone has a stake in what goes on as well. That's why. Uh -huh. yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they all eat steaks at the end. I. I yeah. There, there might be some more word points in this. So. Uh, that was awful. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Did Scout do? They did. Um the plot right or is that a different company uh, that was um, scout with another very similar com uh, company I, all the time i think that was vault was, vault was the plot that is see they're the two that i switch back and forth between each other oh no and they they definitely when it comes to kind of what they release has similar aesthetics so i could totally see that definitely but yeah no i yeah so yeah definitely pick that up um and hopefully it'll be good okay so we looks like we're at the end of our show. The, the train's coming into the station, <laughs> so you can uh, contact the uh, the show at uh, comicsdeservebetter at gmail .com or on Instagram and Twitter at cdbepod. Uh, you can check our website at uh, comicsdeservebetter.wordpress.com for all the episodes, socials, uh, as well as there's a, a form on our contact page that uh, you can request future books for us to cover. Um, put, uh, also, 
uh, give us a review uh, anywhere that you're listening to us, uh, preferably five stars, but whatever you feel um, on that platform that you are listening to us right now. Uh, Jake, uh, do you have anything to plug and where can we find you on the old internets? <laughs> you have to be careful with that submit form because uh, Chloe and Rebecca might end up just spamming you with more than meets the eye request. <laughs> We, we have, uh, yeah, we, we totally said Rebecca could do that. Uh, yeah. But I think, I think she's hitting us with something else. Uh, this, I, I think she's coming on in a couple of weeks and she's got something else she wants us to do. So, yes. but we, we said more than meets an eye, more than meets the eye, totally fair game. But uh, now I think she wants to do something else. Well, whatever book Rebecca's bringing, I'm sure she, she will not say you wrong. She, she always has some great recommendations. It's totally accurate. We did Breaks a, a few weeks ago with, with Rebecca, and that was a pretty amazing book. So, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can find me at Krakoan Mimosa um, on Twitter, uh, mostly for my shitty X-Men takes. So <laughs> that's, that's the primary funnel for that. But it will also be where I will highlight if I've been on any other podcast. Um, the other main podcast that I'm doing right now is, that's the name of it. Sorry, I had to remember it for a moment. Is Tales from the Holocron, which is a Star Wars expanded universe uh, podcast where we are going to just be diving into TV shows, comic books, uh, books. Our next episode will be on the, High the new High Republic book, Light of the Jedi by mm -hmm. Charles Soule. Um, and when will that come out? I don't know. I have to finish the book first. <laughs> and uh, my two co-hosts have been very kind in, in giving me time to, to finish it. But um, I'll put that up on my social media there. And it's also on the Wine Moms feed if you are a uh, listener of Wine Moms. Um, I am. <laughs> and so am I, actually. So definitely have listened to the previous episodes of uh, Tales of the Holocron and enjoyed them. And definitely am also a Wine Moms fan as well. So um, are you guys going to be getting into the uh, into like kind of like the the lore that's no longer canon as well or um i'm not sure if we're gonna hit up like the legends stuff yet okay. i think there we had talked about it because there's definitely stuff from legends that we're into but um right now there's so much stuff coming out that we want to try to try to be on top of it we'll see uh how successful we are with that uh, we're, we're also going to be doing like comic book wrap-up episodes so like mm -hmm. once a month we'll have an episode just talking about the various star wars comics that come out and maybe that'll, that 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 could almost kind of be subtitled "Star Wars Comics Deserve Better" in a way. Yeah, sometimes totally. I really like it, it's come up in my head a few times. I want to do Doctor Afra on the show, but unfortunately, Marvel so I can't. <laughs> so, no, totally. Um, Hello, Darcy, on the old internet. So, uh, where can we find you? I suppose uh, I can be found at uh, books, and, books underscore serial on Twitter and booksandserial.wordpress.com uh, for the website. And this week, I believe I'm going to be doing something with maybe Amos and Andy or hmm. Abbott and Costello radio show. I'm not quite sure, but I think I'm doing something comedy-ish. Make it a good week. That's awesome. I just saw um, Evan and Costello meet Frankenstein for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Really? Yeah, and I, I loved it. It's amazing. They're funny guys. Oh, totally. No, definitely. Okay. All right. Well, um, I don't have anything to plug, but on Instagram, I'm Brygen underscore CB and Twitter, I'm Brygen 2814. 
So for Darcy and Jake, I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Deserve Better podcast. I have a slogan I'm trying out here, so here we go. Uh, remember, comics deserve better, and everybody deserves comics. There we go. I like it. All right, you guys oh, all have... Very sweet. Oh, thank you. All right, well, you guys all have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.